0: The real estate market is booming. Whether you look in the suburbs or the city, Chicago continues to expand, creating incredible opportunities for those in the know. We'll connect with Chicago's real estate moguls to bring you the wisdom and expertise to help make your next real estate move a lucrative one on the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Byron Sellers, co-founder, of Mobile Home Elite Investors. Byron, thanks for being here, brother. Man, thanks for having me. Yeah, what, a, what an incredible story you have, man. first of all. I mean, uh, inspiring, but also just it's what you've done with it in such a short amount of time is really, uh, it's just amazing. So where do we begin? Originally from Chicago?
1: Yes, sir. Well, South Suburbs, Hazelcrest, Illinois. Got <laughs> to rep where I'm from. <laughs> hey, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and tell me just how you got into this very niche market of mobile home and mobile home community yeah. investing. Not just mobile homes. We're talking about <laughs> entire communities, right?
1: Yes, for sure, man. So, you know, I always wanted to do real estate. I had a good friend of mine, um, you know, tell me, I gonna say about 2014, he said, hey, listen, man, if you really want to build wealth, you got to get into real estate. And I was like, really? Okay. Like I never thought about that. Right. You know, you always have crazy ideas and things like that. And and so I started really start tapping in, you know, just kind of just learning things here and there and uh I was working a 9 to 5 and you know, I was kind of just in in the rat race. And while I was doing my research, I was start my first book that I came across that really changed my perspective was Rich Dad Poor Dad. And, uh, you know, that really kind of gave me a different, you know, outlook on it. So I got real close to getting a multifamily property because I figured, hey, let me get multiple units, you know, live in one on 79th and Ridgeland on the south side. But March 2nd, 2017, the basement flooded. We wasn't able to negotiate a deal. I go back to work March 3rd, 2017. I was fired. Wow. And so all I knew at that time was, man, I got to get a mortgage. Right. I don't know another way to or create a financing, how to even get a property. And so, man, listen, I kind of dove in different things. You know, I, I'll tell people I, I, I invested in my mindset. I got into different coaching programs just to really kind of sharpen my mindset. And while I was trying to do a lot of different things, things, you know, I had my failures, but I was this in a podcast. Just like, you know, right now we're on a podcast and a bigger pockets podcast came on talking about mobile home investing while I was driving Lyft because I had to make money. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Wait, this lady said she can buy properties for $5,000? Like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, And uh, I I had passengers that asked me to turn it off. And so I ended up sending it to my wife. And I was like, hey, check this out. And, you know, she was just like, I got home. She was like, babe, listen, I know you want to do multifamily, but I think we need to look into these mobile homes. And I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. Like, you know, I think like I've never seen her excited and we just dove right into it. We didn't know too much. It wasn't a lot of stuff on the internet. It was a few things. And, you know, we just kind of hit it 100 miles of running. We just got curious, very curious. We both had time. She wasn't working, I wasn't working. And uh, man, we just we just made it happen. And, you know, we found two deals. I mean, two mobile homes for $4,300. Wow. Total? And total. Oh, wow. And we, and, <laughs> and we didn't have that much money. We were able to secure a high interest loan. Um, for $10,000, we took that, we invested it, we put another $3,000 into so repairs on one of the house. In 45 days, we sold both homes, one for 9500 the other one for $10,000. We was like, this is it. Wow. We did it. We completed something together, and we just went 100 miles and running with it. Now,
0: not to get too far off track, but at the time, you were only dating, right? Yeah, at the time, we were only dating. Right. And, and that's one of the things that when we had talked, it was something that w- even just offering advice, you're like, if you're going to date, date intentionally. Yes. And, and, and a testament to that is, you know, it is having a vision, a common vision and working towards that, which you guys
1: obviously have, have been done very successfully. Thank you. Yes. I mean, you know, that was the biggest thing. That was a driving force. Right. It was something that we knew we could do together. And she was willing to learn. I was willing to learn. And you know, like, like anything, right? Sometimes you're gonna you're gonna disagree, right? We're gonna have our different visions on there, but we were able to work it out. And us doing it really brought us together, right? We had the business part, we were building our relationship, we were building a business, and you know, I think the dynamics just, you know, once we start succeeding, and now we have success, and now you know, again, you know, we have income coming in, we're able to enjoy the finer things of life. That perspective, right there, like I said, date with intention because an intention not only the finances helped us, but it gave us a purpose together, right? Yeah. We, we both loved helping somebody get affordable housing. And that right there just kind of just, it, it, it set the precedent for our relationship. And we knew we wanted to help more people. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Thank and and what I love about your story is, you know, not not
0: to, I think the circumstances of life, we all can share and, and hear about the rat race. And you know some of the thoughts and society just being in society you we tend to think alike but as i'm hearing it you know you were really committed and devoted to learning developing yourself where did that come from for you that it, it's it's a very different it's a unique quality it's not it's not it's it's not as common as running the rat race and like everybody else does and break away from that
1: yeah and so i would say honestly started with my father you know my father um you know, my father's a very positive person in my life. He's always kind of just had that um, that outlook to tell me, you know, when I'm down, he's always picking me back up. But I remember he gave me some Earl Nightingale CDs. Mm. He said... You know, son, he saw what I was going through. He said, son, I think you need to take a, Take a listen to these. You know, I think uh, and I came to him talking about real estate and how I wanted to you know, build wealth. And he said, I think this would be a great start for you. And when he gave me those CDs, I had never heard anybody talking in a way of how powerful beings we are about how, you know, how how we how our mind shifts to what we are. And I had never heard really talk like that. And so th- I started to get curious about personal development, and so I started listening to Eric Thomas, Tony Robbins, Les Brown. I started hearing these, these motivational speakers because when I needed that, those were times where man, it was just tough, right? I was like living check to check. Um, yeah, you know, I just really wasn't happy, right? I was my friends. I would just get how all day and play NBA Two K, right? Mm-hmm. But I had nothing else other than that to do, right? It was just like I, I, I didn't, I didn't know another way out. And so when you know. When I started hearing that information, it was like, it's more. it's more. like I I can really, I can really do these things like I, it, it's up to me. And man, I just really shifted, so I got curious. I was listening to a lot of podcasts. I remember one guy named Willie Colley he said he got a life coach, and I went seeking for a life coach. Wow, and that was one of my first investments in a life coach, and that really helped me to get clear with the story that I was telling myself to get clear with the possibility that was really out there for me. Wow.
0: And and now as you look back on your life and, and you go through these things, and I'm sure that as you've transformed and it just becomes a part of who you are, right? Yes. What's the biggest thing you've noticed beyond just the, the, the real estate side and, and getting out of the rat race? And, you know, what comes with that beyond the financials?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I think leadership comes with it, right? Because you're in a position when other people see what you're able to do and, you know, it gives people hope, but then from there is where do I go? Like how how can I get this to, to this position as well? And so being a leader is you know being able to kind of just take you know take people and show them, but hold them accountable for what they want, um, and just being able to, to lead in the right direction. I think that for me, <clears throat> the biggest thing, like you said, it what what, <clears throat> me, what really came with that is not only the leadership, but it was just a responsibility to give back. Like oh. that was one of the biggest things for me. Like, how can I share what happened to me? Because I'm a true testament that if you put this work in, if you believe in yourself, if you shift your mindset from where you may be right now, you anything is possible. Right. And so that was really the message. And that was what our, the driving force from me. So, again, it took being a leader to be able to, you know, start being leading by example to, to show people that it's possible.
0: And And now that you're on that journey of showing people that it's possible, which also you know and and I'm guilty of it too. You hear people wanting to teach you, and it seems like, oh, what's in it for you kind of thing. But I think when you're genuine about one, you come from a place of humble beginnings, and it's not like this is a lifestyle that uh, we were necessarily taught with growing up, but all of a sudden, you're in it and it's exciting, right? Yeah. but you want to share that with others. What are the biggest stories or the testaments you've heard of of people that um have followed your program or your you know advice? And 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 have also seen that that difference in their lives.
1: Yeah, so man, it's so many. Like we, I'll say this, man. We've been able to help so many people, you know, transition from full time employers to owning their own mobile home investing business. Right, investing in whether it's wholesaling, whether it's fix and flip. Um, I think one of the one of the greatest stories that I have. We had a young lady that we ended up bringing on board, but she took our program. And, um, you know, she was kind of she she said she was making like 40,000 a year. She was a school social worker. Hmm. And from there, she, you know, she tried like a wholesaling course. It didn't work for her. And her husband was just like, you don't need to buy another program. And we was having a sale on our program. She bought it. She went ahead, took the information that we gave her. She was still able to go out in six months. She made one hundred <laughs> wow. and eighty one thousand dollars. And, you know, and it was funny because she. Only reason I knew because we, I was on live and I was going live and I brought somebody up and she was like, listen, I just want to show you how you changed our life. Here's the checks to prove it. We followed your blueprint. We was able to make this. And I'm just like, wow, right? We knew people were like, we, we had people that had big checks, 50,000, things like that. But that was the first six-figure earner that we had, you know, that we came across at that time.
0: Right, now, <laughs> and, I'm sure.
1: Oh, yeah, now, I mean, it's so many people that, you know, again, just benefit. And they're just full-time, you know, this is strictly what they do. And I, what I love about it, the end of the day is, What we've been able to do is, we've been able to take the stigma away from mobile homes, from trailers, a lot of people call them, Mm -hmm. and we've been able to bring value, you know, bring value to mobile home communities, right, by upgrading and and, and renovating mobile homes. We've been able to kind of take the stigma of the race. Um, a lot of times people have from television and things like that. And we have people helping people no matter what race they are. And we're bringing value to the marketplace with manufactured housing. So I think that's the biggest impact that I can say that we have.
0: It's huge. I mean, we talk about um, racial equity and, you know, the the yeah, just leveling the playing field. and And here you are doing that. What is the biggest challenge you have to overcome with people when it comes to getting started, or you know obviously everybody wants that financial freedom, Everyone wants the dream, they see you doing it, but to get started it it does take a, a certain type of individual what 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 is someone listening to this? they want to get started, but that hesitation, that fear, what would be that that, that advice you would give to get them started or moving in the right direction?
1: Yeah, so the biggest thing when it comes especially said to, to the fear, you got to ask yourself, what does it cost me? for every minute that i don't move forward right what does that cost me does it cost me time does it cost me money right i think those are the biggest things and a lot of times what we fear is what we don't know meaning that most of our fear is just a creative story that we chose to believe that's pushing us forward so in the case of the point you could say mobile home investing well i fear that you know i may not do it or "Ah, is it going to make money or what what if it doesn't work And, and then we start taking all of these fears that it goes into our subconscious and now we believe it versus what if it does go right right what what if it does and so i think that that's the biggest thing And anybody listening now you have to ask yourself, what does it cost me or how much does it cost me or how much time does it cost me you have to look at the like you know what does it cost for every time that i use or i let fear conquer me
0: it's it's a huge cost. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> if people don't know that already, right? Yes. It's a huge cost. And, and the other thing too, just it, it, kind of on that note, is the the fearless the fearlessness that you kind of went into it with. It's not like you're you're just working in Illinois here, right? You're all over the place. Yes. Tell me about that and just what you had. Like, how long was it before you made your first deal? You know, going out, doing the research, visiting places.
1: Oh yeah. So I'm honestly, before we found our first deal, it took us 40 days, right? And but every day. We call. So me and my wife made a point every day. We call 50 mobile home parks each. Wow. All right. We call. And then every every at least twice a week, we would call driving for dollars. We would go out in the field and I'll give people anybody watching this how you can do it is (sighs) you can go on Google Maps and then you can type in mobile home parks and it will show you all the like the different pins of where they are. And so we'll map out. We'll go every every other day. We're going driving through communities, just getting acclimated, right? We'll go start talking to neighbors, and you know we didn't know what we were doing or saying, but I mean it just it took a lot, right? We saw in those forty days we saw over thirty mobile homes. We had potential deals on the line, but we went with our intuition, right? We even prayed about sometimes, like man, is this is this the one? Is this the one we should get, right? Because again, when you transition from you going from single family homes to mobile homes, and you hear. A home is for sale for five thousand dollars. You like, oh, what? Yeah, I'll get this, but you're not even looking at it into how much work it really needs, right, right? right? And even when you think about that compared to single family home, I would say I'm going to be all in fifteen grand. Like, yeah, of course, right? Because where else can I get a home for this price and then a renovation for this price? And so, you know, again. We were able to kind of take our time, even though we wanted to to rush. But we bumped our head, right? We had deals. We had people trying to get over on us. We saw, you know, we were able to avoid those different things. Uh, people not having integrity, like we were able to see those things in those first forty days that that were helped us to get our first deals.
0: Wow. And and you know even for myself that I'm I'm curious what what is the biggest difference when you're talking about mobile home investing versus talking about like a, a piece of land or or you know something I'm thinking mobile it's mobile right and so is mm-hmm. it do you own the land and I know that now you're moving towards more community right so yes. so t- tell me about the difference between buying an individual mobile home versus buying a community
1: and also the difference in traditional real estate I guess how it compares sure so you know starting like you said starting off with an individual mobile home right normally mobile homes or manufactured homes. Uh, a lot of times when people hear this, they hear mobile homes, they think of the RVs, like the campers that we can drive, right? Those are separate recreational vehicles. Uh, actual manufactured home is what you see a single wide or double wide uh, trailer for what they normally used to call. Them. And those normally, when it's in a mobile home community, that is considered personal property, right? Those mm-hmm. are considered chattel in a lot of places. And so they lease the land and they but they own their mobile home right or the park can or the community can own it and they can do rentals right but that's what we're talking about like you said the individual. And then as far as the communities like owning mobile home communities, that's when I tell people like that's when you go into commercial real estate right mm-hmm. this is when you I love it like I look at I always say this is multifamily where you're able to get more units for a cheaper price. And with that, with that being said is, you know, on the average, you're going to see anywhere, we call them per pad, right? Pad meaning, you know, where you can place a mobile home. On the average, you're seeing price-wise right now in the market anywhere from 15 to 20 grand is per pad is, is a good price. If you find something less than that, that's always great. Um... And so invest in it, and it's commercial right now, you're talking about it's commercial, you're owning the, you're owning the land. And, you know, from from there, your responsibility is making sure that, you know, the land, everything comes along with it, the water, you know, the, the sewer, um, everything is, is 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 pretty much in place for that community for your tenants. Wow. And I mean, it just sounds overwhelming, right? <laughs> as,
0: as, but I'm sure that as you do your first deal and then and you're growing, you're evolving, how do you just maintain that balance in your life between travel, between, you know, now you have a baby on the way, yes, right? Yes, I mean, yes. so there's a lot going on. How has your life changed and how have you had to manage the, the change, uh, yeah, the big changes, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is time management, you know, just, just being able to be on top of my calendar making sure that I'm, that I'm knocking out my, the one thing I do is always, I uh, it's three, longest three main things I do a day. Right. Those are my three tasks. What are my three top tasks that I have to do? Anything else is is a plus, right? A bonus. I can knock out more things, but I make sure that I give myself three tasks. And then like you said, just it's really that balance on my calendar and then making sure I have time. The biggest thing is making sure I'm not all hundred percent in just the business. It's a balance, right? So, you know, I, I learned this from one of my, my buddies is, you know, you had to have your balance, your balance, your being, your business, um, and and then pretty much your health, right? And those those balances is that that was a key thing because sometimes I'll go all in in business and my wife is like, babe, like. I know you want to talk. I know we in part, we're partners, but I don't talk about business all day. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool, right? Well-being, right? And I'm working so much that I'm not. I'm not making it to the gym. I'm not. I'm, I'm eating fast food and different things like that, right? I'm not. So it's just it's really you know a good balance. And I'm still still work in progress. You know what I mean? But uh, you know that's that's the biggest thing for me is making sure I had that balance that being in my being had a balance in my you know my relationship had that balance in my business and even had a balance you know for myself.
0: No, it's interesting you say that because it's easy to get caught up in the you know the whatever it is, the passion, the mm-hmm. excitement of it, right? And and it can take a, a toll on your health and your relationships. And, and that's awesome to hear that. Now, one of the things too is just the the stigmas of like the industry. And you talk about bringing sexy back to the yes. community, right? <laughs> um, how how have you branded it in a way where that that's really top of mind for you as well? Is is to just that rebrand of mm-hmm. of. The industry,
1: yeah, man. So you know, our, even our colors, man. You know, <laughs> like black, gold, purple, like these are colors of royalty, right, right? right? And you know, I think that a lot of people don't know the history of it. But when mobile homes, like the reason why mobile homes were created, it started off by the wealthy, right, by the influential. So this was something that when the railroads was being built, they said, "Listen, we we're tired of going to hotels. We need something that can travel with us." And so the, the likings of the DuPonts and, and those families, the Rockefellers, they like, okay, well, let's let they went to yacht masters and they built them these these houses, pretty much these coach houses that can be can you know, can travel along the way. And so the concept ended up, you know, really still sticking after World War Two. The government invested heavily into mobile homes, and they're like, Hey, listen, we got all this leftover aluminum from planes and things like that. What can we do? So they built housing, and that's where, you know, and they built them in factories like the assembly line taken from Henry Ford. So, you know, from there, it was really like that for well, influential. It was a great thing. It was an American way to have a mobile home and different things like that. And unfortunately, you know, as cities started to overpopulate, people wanted to move to the city, more jobs, you know, it kind of left mobile homes and it kind of left it a desolate place. And so, right now, where I see the shift, you know, the reason I'm really when like I said bring the sexy back, because I see the shift of, unfortunately, you know, we're seeing what's happening with jobs. We're seeing, you know, even now with AI and different things. Whereas, pe- if you live in cities now, unfortunately, there isn't a lot as much opportunity. So I look at rural America is a big playground where we can help people get affordable housing. They can have work from home jobs, right? Yeah. Helping them, you know. Uh, get better on their credit basically giving them affordable place but at the same time being making sure it's a clean safe and functional community so um and then having people that either look like them or have some further circumstances invest in them versus you know some unfortunately we have larger real estate tycoons that come in mm-hmm. and see this mm-hmm. as an opportunity and now it's just numbers right and so yeah. people aren't really the personal aspect is not really getting put in you know put into that and you know people are getting displaced so it's just like how can we give a good balance but still make this, you know, renovate these old 1970 mobile homes and give them a, you know, a nice a facelift and still make somebody proud to live in a mobile home community. That's crazy. though. I
0: didn't realize how, how it all got started. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense <laughs> I mean, the way you put it. right? It, it makes total sense. But yeah, I would never have assumed that. And so do you see things evolving? I mean, since your time in it where um, it's become more mainstream, where people who wouldn't have thought to, to
1: live in, you know, a mobile home community are are doing so because... Why not, oh yeah, yeah, Definitely. I think a lot of times in the last like ten years of what I've been seeing is the affordability has actually drove millennials, yeah. it's drove baby boomers to say, you know what, like we don't need to pay arm and leg to live here. I can go get my own, I can go get a nice mobile home because it's always cheaper than a single family home, and then they 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 realize they can have more life, right so <laughs> my my cost of living is lower, that gives me more opportunity, to travel, you know nice things, whatever you you want to do invest, so you get more options and the quality, the newer, uh, the newer uh, products that's coming to the market are, you know, energy efficient. Like HUD, HUD, like a new mobile home cannot leave the factory unless it's HUD inspected. It has mm. to pass a code right? That's the only way they can actually leave the manufacture. And then you even have the government getting involved and seeing, you know, the the last administration and this administration sees manufactured housing as a way to help solve the affordable housing. And you see the product that's, you know, they're creating, for example, Clayton Homes, that's one of Warren Buffett's companies. And, um, you know, the product that they're creating, and you have different manufacturers that are looking to compete with single family homes and put a product in the marketplace that people can be proud of, but still have affordability. So, I mean, it's, it's really changing. I mean, like again, if anybody's watching this, man, if you type in, you know, 2023, 20, 20, 2024, 20, 2022, mobile homes, manufactured homes, the quality that you see now, is it's amazing, man. I mean, it's like anything else. As technology evolves, like, I mean, even cars, right? Today, that you can't
0: buy a car that doesn't have all the technology. Cars are today. Yeah. So it only makes sense in terms of the mobile homes. For, for you guys, what's next? What's the vision, you know? Uh, how has this changed your perspective?
1: I mean, is it all in the mobile homes and that's that's it, you know, yeah. um, or is it evolving beyond that as well? Yeah, man. So, you know, I think for, for me, my next five years, I'm dedicating, continue to the, the manufacturing home space. Uh, for me, the first thing is I want to continue educating people on how to you know, get started in real estate, right? Because it's still real estate, you know, when, you, when you're when doing it, the, the difference is your product is different, right? You have a, yeah. a home that's just made in a factory. Yeah. So definitely, you know, continuing to help um, people to be able to help because my overall goal in this, you know, we set, a, we set a standard. We want to help 100,000 people get affordable housing, right? That's one of the things. So we know we can't do that by ourselves. So why don't we bring our community up to you know, speed so we can do this as a collective, right? This is our contribution to society. And then from there, continuing to invest in, in, in the space, right? Invest, invest in mobile home parks. Um, just continuing to really... And then, and then I'll say the next thing for myself is uh, acquiring land and developing communities, um, smart communities, through manufactured homes. That's amazing.
0: People want to find out more and get involved, um, follow, support, like all that. How can they find you on social media
1: online? Yeah, so all um, all of our Facebook, TikTok, uh, Twitter. Instagram at mobile home elite investors you know you can find us there YouTube same thing at mobile home elite investors um, you can go to our website to find more about our education at mobile home um, and if you want to learn more about us mobile home elite so um, yeah everything is just mobile home elite for us and if you want to follow me personally you can you can follow me at byron s Sellers. Byron I appreciate you brother thank you Uh,
0: just an amazing story a a world of wisdom and uh, yeah I'm excited to have you part of the community thank
1: you so much I appreciate you